You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? I am not Brandon. This and I'm Alex. not Brandon either. <laughs> Neither of us are Brandon. I'm Alex. And I'm Frank. And we're filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Here we are. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Let's try it. Mm. What is this? This is, what's that say? Colville? Have we ever had this before? We might have. I've never had it. It's pretty Col- good. Colville Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, 86 proof. Interesting. Pretty good. Not bad. Talks about a Colville bridge, but I don't know. It's not worth reading. Not worth reading about the bridge. It is worth drinking, though. What's up, man? It's been a while. Speaking of bridges. Yeah? You want to burn a bridge right now? We could no. burn one, <laughs> or we can cross a bridge. Cross a bridge? Mm-hmm. What bridge are we going to cross? We got some splaining to do. Yeah, we do. You might be listening to us a few minutes after the last episode, mm-hmm. but we actually recorded that episode about two months ago. Yeah. Long time. So it's been a long bridge that we've crossed. <laughs> Actually, we've been off that bridge for a while. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with the bridge thing, honestly. I don't know. Oh, because in the last episode, as you will come to find out, uh, there's a, a member of our, our dear our dear hunting party has, has since departed. I mean, he's not dead. He's, he's just not here anymore. Yeah. Brandon left. Brandon's gone. He is gone. Yeah. And it's super weird. I know. And I know it's going to be weird for you guys, too. Um, so that's what this episode is going to be about. This is therapy. Yeah. <laughs> How do we move on with Frank and Alex? Uh, yeah, so he's gone. And what are we doing? What are we doing about it? Uh, we need to do something. We do. We've tried a few things. Yeah. AI didn't work. At the te- technology's not there yet for an AI host. So, no. you know, maybe wait a few more years. Just on that. kept drinking. Yeah. It's a weird alcoholic <laughs> robot. Ugh. Bad. That's like Bender from Futurama. Could you imagine if he was the, the co-host? <laughs> Fry. Oh God. Yeah. So we're. Uh, what do you think? Should we? Should we ask for advice? Should, should we, we ask the listeners? Well, should we continue the show? What? <laughs> Don't even posit that. Of course we should. I think so too. Yeah, I think it's worth continuing. I think there's still a lot left to talk about a lot of more, a lot more topics that we haven't covered that people want to know more in depth about i know we've had people ask about you know treatments and you know the you know early stages of creative process you know, there's still a bunch of departments jobs that we haven't covered mm-hmm. so we've got we've got some time yeah i don't i don't think we'll be running out of things to talk about anytime mm-hmm. soon no and there's plenty of bourbon that we haven't drunk yet so we never did get the uh the bourbon, the bourbon from the Pacific Northwest, so a little disappointed. Yeah? Bourbon from the Pacific Northwest? That was from the last episode we just recorded like oh. 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> gotcha. It's uh, Bear Hands. He was he was supposed to send us some. Ah, uh, yeah. But uh, Did not. Nope. Stiffed us. Stiffed us on a stiff drink. Hmm. Well, how you been? How things been? Busy. Busy, busy over the last two months. Yes, cool. Yeah the uh, the first the first like two two three months out of the year for me this year was super ridiculous, and these last two months have been super ridiculous. It's a good starting end. Yeah, yeah. The middle section not so much. No, really. Yeah. Time to to focus on self marketing or 
You did. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't have anything to do during the middle. It was just, it was totally ridiculous. Oh, gotcha. The beginning and the end yeah. of the year. Normal the rest Normal of the time. Throughout. See, mine didn't start until about April, but from then on, from then until now, it's just been like steamrolling. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So I just had my last day of work yesterday. Well, let's just tell you. It, so it's the 18th. The 17th was my last day of work. Low stress. Music video with my buddy Brad Gollowin up in Columbus. And I am now done for the remainder of the year. And it feels so good. I bet it would. Yeah. I would so love to take off that much time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know when my next day of work is. That's the uh, uh, benefit and drawback of being a freelancer. Is that uh, I, I might not work until April again. You might not. You might get so used to not working. You just sit in a robe in your couch. And yeah. I might just become a professional gamer, just like MLG. Like, I might join an Overwatch clan or something and just make buku bucks firing weapons at imaginary characters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sounds good. Why not? <laughs> uh, but no, in all honesty, you know, there's a few more movies coming to town, so resumes to be sent out, meetings to have, all sorts of possibilities. What are you... Um What's your plans for next year? Or do you want to talk about that in January? Have you made any plans? Oh, no. Tell me about them. I have not made any plans. My plan is to sit back and watch all of these projects that I've done throughout this year actually come out. Like <laughs> There are four music videos, a short film, a couple movies I've worked on. Uh, a bunch of commercial stuff with Brandon and uh, other folks that has yet to be released. So, you know, that's first thing. First and foremost, get new content out. Excuse me, so that I can use it as marketing mm-hmm. for a future project. Speaking of things coming out, um, did you work on the John Gotti movie? No, I did not. No, okay. but I saw that it, it's getting a wider release than initially thought. A okay. lot of people thought that it got um, it's getting a, a smaller, or getting canned, or put on the shelf. But the, what I've heard is that it's it's a good movie or then the people think it's a good movie. So they're putting a lot more money behind it. So it got held back from release so that they could have a wider release, which is good. Very okay. good thing. Cool. Why do you ask? Uh, just because I heard also that they were, they're canning the movie. Yeah. So it's a rumor. It's a rumor. Not true. Okay. Um, but I did work on one whose trailer just released the public. We've talked about the public obviously yep. probably to death on this show, but the trailer just came out, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh. I have not. I've been so busy. I have not. Yeah. We're going to have to put a link to it on, on uh, Instagram and potentially on the website. Uh, but it looks really good. Like, socially conscious film, all-star cast, shot well, DP was great. You know, just fun to work on. Yeah. So, and it, it, uh, like a timely subject, you know, homelessness and uh, cold weather. and I yeah. was... I was actually last week in the um, downtown branch of the Cincinnati Library, I think, where you guys shot that. Yeah. And um, I was returning some materials, and also I had a meeting in there afterwards. And mm. we um, were like, oh, let's just meet on the first floor. And we were like, okay, we're walking around for, like, open desks. And, like, there was no open desk because there was a bunch of homeless people yep. sitting yep. at all the desks. And it just reminded me of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I need to go see that when it comes out. That's so. the whole thing, is that when it gets cold, the library is a... Uh, basically a public shelter you know and so they need to 
find a way to uh, the owner of the library, the guy that runs it, and all that stuff. They want to kick everybody out and. In the movie, in the movie, and Amelia's character is uh, uh, a little more sympathetic. So it's a good story, but it's based on true, like the goings on of of an everyday city library. Mm-hmm. So should be good. We'll see. So I go from working on that to working on a horror film, mm-hmm. complete opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, but it's just our, our industry. It's crazy. One day you're shooting hair, and one day you're shooting somebody getting their hair sliced off their scalp because they're getting scalped. <laughs> so, um, have we talked about um, have we talked about the horror movie yet on this I, podcast? I don't think you and I have no, because I have been absent <laughs> for two months. Yeah. I talked with uh, Wes about it though. Yeah, yeah, I did listen to. Uh, for all you don't know, Wes started his own podcast. And um, you were on the first episode of that, and I have listened to that. I was honored, honored to be his first guest. Listened to it, I think, the first day it came out. And I know you guys talk a little bit about, well, actually quite a bit. Yeah. And then a bit, quite a bit about the uh, the movie you're on and what a second unit DP does. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wes's show is called Fix It and Post. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll throw a link to that in uh you know when we release this episode up on the website all that uh i think he's doing good things it's a good format it's really fun Mm -hmm. Uh, and he you know he knows how to interview people he dives deep he's a good guy yeah he's a good guy wes we need to have sushi again unlike brandon or frank yeah (laughs) you guys you scrubs um yes the movie's called haunt it was produced by eli roth uh like straight up horror film like gory, practical effects, a bunch of teens running through a, a actually not a haunted house, like a, a murder house. <laughs> and you shot at a house in Cincinnati? We no, we shot at the Trouse Dairy Factory in Covington or Newport. I think it's in Newport, uh, but it's just an empty old dairy factory that you know had electricity and plumbing, and we could build. They could build sets inside and take up the entire... So you like, use that as a sound studio, yeah, almost? Yeah, basically. Yeah, nice. so they built the entire haunted house uh, room by room in the dairy factory. So we had all sorts of different sets. Uh, I mean, it's I don't want to give too much away, and I, I probably can't give too much away, or else I'll be hunted down by the producers, but yeah, it's cool. That's sweet. It's really neat. How tall are the ceilings there? Oh, I don't... 20-some feet. Some places they're like 60, like two, two or three stories, like 30 okay. feet. Yeah, they're really high, so you could put up big set walls and you know have enough space to hang lights over above it, and it was good. And you, um, <clears throat> so were there a lot of windows in the factory? Like, why did you? No zero. Why did you have to shoot at night then? That's a very good question. And I'm gonna let the silence answer that because I I don't know. <laughs> I think it might have been a scheduling thing with uh, talent and everything else that had to happen to to make a movie get done. Okay, but uh. Yeah, we did shoot at night mostly. Okay. Yeah. So, what type of um, what type of lighting equipment did you guys use? Oh, again, a question for the DP and the gaffer. Uh, from my looking at it, just for so I was the A operator and also the second unit director of photography. Um, it was they had sky panels, light mats, quasars, lots of LED lighting, which was really cool to see, and the gaffer. Andrew, a really good dude, um, 
had a bunch of it on D like wireless DMX through this app called Luminaire that allowed him to to just walk around with his iPhone and control levels and hue and everything right from his phone. Nice. It was it was great. Yeah. So, but my job is the when I was operating, I didn't have to worry about lighting. But I was also kind of observing because as second unit director of cyber, there were two or three days where I had to kind of match what Ryan had done, the the main unit DP, Ryan Samuel, great dude. Uh, but I had to kind of match what he did um, for various scenes. I was kind of mentally taking notes because if I was called back into, oh, hey, we have to get a you know key dropping or somebody grabbing something off a shelf and it has to look like it's in the same environment, I had to know what he did so I could mimic it. Okay. Yeah. So with uh, building a set where all the lights like on a grid, did you guys put up a grid for that? No. Uh-uh. Stand, a bunch of stands? Yep. Stands or directly mounted to the sets or uh, they're practicals. So th- there was lots of like in-frame lights Okay. that uh, Ryan then used as, as motivation for like a light mat over top of a, a candle or a, a practical lamp or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you... Um, <coughs> Do you want to talk about camera packages? I know sure. we definitely go listen to Wes's podcast, but if you don't, um, yeah. this is what this is for. Real, we'll just brush on it real fast. And I think when I did Wes's, it was like I was a week or two into the production. So it was super fresh, uh, kind of in the moment. I think I'd only done like one second unit day at that point, um, but there was like anticipation of more. So I think yeah, it, all the information is a little more fresh in that one. Okay. But yeah, camera packages, we shot on two... Well, there were a couple, two camera days, A and B camera, um, but mainly it was all one single camera, Red Epic Dragon, okay, uh, with Zeiss standard speeds, so the two point one T two point ones, and an Ingenue uh, Optimo twenty four to two ninety, the big gun, twelve to one, twelve by. So it was cool, pretty simple package, but it, you know it was great. Uh, mostly. Um handheld or a lot of sticks and dollies it's funny when ryan called me for the movie he was like oh yeah it's gonna be a lot of sticks lots of dolly lots of you know really defined you know planned out movements um and then like 75 percent of it became handheld pretty much it was good but it was a nice mix and it, it was uh it made sense because the the moments we used handheld it was kind of frenetic and the moments were locked off it was earlier in the film and it was nice and calm and you didn't really know what was going on yet mm-hmm. so it made sense and the in the directors and, and ryan it you know really uh planned it out based on on what was going on in the story and it works yeah yeah but it was a nice mix it was a nice mix of handheld and sticks with handheld are you just using a you going like literally handheld you're using a rig you doing a, oh, no, there's a, a steady cam sh- shoulder pad uh, we yeah we there was one steady cam one or two steady cam days where we had Dave Schwander, uh, another really good camera operator in town. He came on and did some steady cam stuff uh, for B camera, but um, mainly the handheld was with like a, a Mantis rig, like you know just handles mm-hmm. handles and a shoulder pad um, and an EVF. So there's like three points of contact, four points of contact. Uh, but yeah, pretty pretty frenetic, pretty crazy. Like following, you know, whipping with a hammer that's getting thrown, or you know, chasing someone down a hall or through a muddy field, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, for your um, for the the B unit <coughs> when you were acting as DP, did you have a whole like a tiny whole crew with you? Yeah, 
uh, depended. So day one, the first day of the movie, I did. There was some second unit stuff the second half of the day, uh, and I had a second unit gaffer uh, grip and you know another electrician, and then uh, for a first AC, the first and second AC, I think. Yeah. So I had a full crew, basically, full small crew, mm-hmm. you know, a splinter unit, basically. Um, and then later on in the film, we, had, you know, one of the days was we were out doing driving stuff. So we had, you know, a second unit gaffer, second unit key, uh, electrician, grip, first and second AC. Um, yeah. And then we had a second unit director in the whole, whole nine yards. So real quick, circling back, when you're saying like you're grabbing a shot of keys, mm-hmm. um, are you doing that on a different day? Yeah. So there, was there no time in between takes that just... No, that stuff was, uh, we shot the scene and something didn't work out in the edit or didn't look right or they just wanted a different variation. And so we went back and reshot it. Okay, so they're doing, they're doing an assembly edit every night, I mean, every day then? Uh, well, they had dailies that they were looking at, and I th- they might have had an, an editor like piecing it together as we were going. I, I'm not sure, though. I can't speak to that. Okay. But I just know that they f- figured out that they needed like a few four, five, six, seven, eight shots that we didn't get on the, during the days. So we had to go back and match lighting to that. Okay. Yeah. But it was fun, because the, uh, the DIT, Matt... Uh, who's in town, you know, is is doing all the daily color and all that stuff. So he was sending me stills, like, hey, here's the shots you need to get, uh, or here's the scenes where those shots are placed. So I'm able to look at everything and be like, oh, so, okay. Okay, so you could actually yeah. use the stills for reference to exactly. for lighting. Be like, oh, okay, so it's overall blue, and there's like a warm light in the back corner, so that'll come from like back three-quarter, you know, a little warm kick, and but it's overall blue, and okay. you know, there's a little fill here, but we're looking at the ground, so... Yeah, it was good. It was easy. Cool. And are you shooting those while they're shooting in a different part mm-hmm. of the warehouse then? Yeah. Yep, so they're shooting uh, in actual, you know, main unit scenes with actors and stuff, and I'm using uh, stand-ins, you know, to it's in the same outfits and same pants and shoes and gloves and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So it looks uh, like it was shot at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Sounds fun. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I do those movies any day of the week. Yeah, horror films. Uh, so someone needs to buy that warehouse and just <clears throat> convert it into a soundstage. I I wouldn't say that. I would, somebody needs to buy like Cincinnati Mills Mall and turn that into a soundstage. I know that few feel, few people have been talking about that, but I wouldn't. Don't do the Trout Dairy Factory. It's it's nasty. It's nasty. Yeah. So it worked for this project, but yes, because it was abandoned and there was space. But if you're going to do it permanently. Do it nicer, <laughs> you know. Have actual restrooms and facilities, and yeah. Okay, so you guys were using honey wagons and stuff. Uh, they were, yeah, they were. Well, when we were at the factory, there was like two fully tiled, like semi-abandoned bathrooms that like had working plumbing but didn't have lighting, and you know, it was just yeah, it was kind of rough, roughing it. That can be fun though, for a shoot or two. Sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, not long, or for a few days, not long term. But if yeah, if somebody, I don't know, that, that's a good point though. A good kind of side topic is a, an actual soundstage. I think would be hugely beneficial to this area. I think it would get a lot of use if uh, these movies keep coming in. You know, 
That'd so be cool. would um, would some of the commercial projects you work on would they use a full blown soundstage? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because yeah. if that tax credit ever goes away, then that soundstage just sits there and rots. Might die, mm-hmm. like the Cincinnati Mills Mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a big investment, and it's a big risk, because you don't know if uh, if the tax credit's going to stay around. Everybody hopes it is, hopes it will, and, and thinks it is. And, you know, people like Kristen are, uh, from the Cincinnati Film Commission are, are fighting really hard to keep that going and to bring movies into town and show the return on investment uh you know putting together the 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 numbers and showing that it works but every time that uh there's a change in leadership in the government like that's you know Mm -hmm. first thing on the chopping block people go wait what we're giving away money for movies and and entertainment why are we doing that but there are actual numbers behind it that show that oh for every dollar you spend you know what, like a buck sixty or whatever is returned to the uh, local economy. I think at least that. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, the numbers range, and it's hard to like pinpoint it exactly uh, because a lot of the workers are, are temporary, and you know they don't stick around to buy houses and pay property taxes and contribute. Uh, but the temporary benefit is is. I mean, it's apparent. You can yeah. see it in the boost in hotels and food and shopping, and, and that's how. Um, we up at, at Film Dayton, uh, we, we try to present it to like government officials and city officials. That it's, it's really a part of the tourism yeah. department, in a sense. And that's what it's, it's doing. Hmm. Just like you said, hotels, restaurants, Temporary stuff, stuff like that. If, I mean, if you wouldn't cut money for tourism, why would you cut yeah, exactly. money for film? Yeah, you want people coming in. Um, and these tourists, quote-unquote, stay for you know two, three months at a time. They're not here for a weekend trip. Mm-hmm. You've got a you know fifty person film crew coming in from California that are that's here for three four months. Yep, they're spending money, and then you know at, in some cases you convert some of those people to citizens of the state. Yeah, they end up staying. They end up loving it so much that they buy a house, pay taxes, and contribute more than a buck sixty per dollar. You know, and people like you, um, I'm sure, wouldn't stick around cincinnati if or even in ohio if there was no work you'd be yeah leaving the state and then look at all that tax revenue that's just gone gone all the taxes that i uh uh try to get write-offs for yeah you know try to pay as little as possible but yeah that, that would all be gone yep so we'll see the 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 movies uh for me like that's my that's the passion that's what i want to do but I also do the commercial stuff. So if the movies went away, we still have the PNGs and the LPK agencies and you know all the all those things to keep commercial work alive. Yep. So I could still stay here, but you know the stuff I'm passionate about doing, yeah, would be gone. I'd have to fly out for that, which I'd rather not. Yeah. Because I don't like flying. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I know that they're uh, you know. Tax incentive reups in July, and I know there's still a few films left to shoot uh, for the 2017 calendar year. So, pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. What about you, man? Any any passion projects? Any things that you you've been working on? Um, Want to z- talk about zero passion projects? Um, I have some um, commercial client stuff I've been working on. Um, 
not much I can really talk about. Um, although there was one that we we just shot last week, which was it was nice. It was like a a follow up to a previous video we did for, for an organization that um, they help children. And as a video we did last year, there was a uh, a young girl, like fourteen years old, and her basically her to- like entire life changed because of that organization and, and mm. what happened because of that video when we got to shoot the follow-up like um of her and family and b-roll and and some interviews and like just to see like how much that meant to like her and the wow. people involved and stuff that was really so you get to tell her stories more like kind of documentary yep. style mm-hmm. sweet what do you shoot those things on um the budget's really small so i just use the in-house kit we have i have uh three a6300s uh-huh. um just like the little brother to the A7S2. People love those though. Yeah. Good image. Yeah. For for what the for what those projects demand, it, it's it's really great for that. Yeah. Um and then like I've said, um I think the very first time I was on this, like anything that demands more than that, like you rent. You just rent. Yeah. That, that's smart. Yeah. We uh the I just the last day of work I did yesterday, uh tested out for the first time the Panasonic EVA one, the new like little cinema camcorder thing mm-hmm. i don't know what they what they classified as a camcorder a cinema camera i don't know but i just had some canon ef lenses on it and thing was awesome it's like i don't know two pounds it's crazy you can pick it up with two fingers and manipulate it talking about what brandon's talked about for the whole <laughs> the whole run of the show yeah have you really found a camera in the last two or three years that isn't good uh no well yeah, I, I don't like the Sony FS series, FS7, FS700, A7S. I, I don't like any of those at all. Okay. There's one thing that really irks me, and that's that the manufacturer recommends that you overexpose it by a stop and like bring it down in post to reduce noise. It's like, well, I just I want to shoot it at my stop, at my exposure. Why do I have to overexpose it and then bring it down? Because I'm losing a stop in the highlights. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So that's frustrating. The menu systems are frustrating. Um, I've, I have seen some amazing images, and you can get amazing images out of out of their cameras, but work, a bit, you know, in the field, working with it, the usability leaves uh, something to be desired. So, yes, that's their, the one. Their menu systems instance. are pretty bad. And yeah. I, know, um, I know a lot of people, like, keep saying, hey, this is view sony like change your menu systems look i remember the sony camcorders from the early 90s and they still had a terrible menu like, i don't think it's going to change <clears throat> no they and i and i get it like they want you to have every conceivable option at your uh fingertips and at like 15 button clicks to get to but it's not necessary you look at the really successful cameras uh the alexas and the uh reds and all that you know everything's so easy to access you like, oh, you tap the battery icon and it brings up all your battery menu, you, you, whatever. Quick access menus. And I think they they did that with their higher end line with F65 and now with Venice. It's a little more streamlined, but still, I think that's got to filter down into the, the more consumer products, prosumer, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is the Panasonic one, was it was nice. You hit the home button and like a 
the screen's touchscreen, although it's very reflective, so it's hard to see in the sunlight, but you hit the home button, like a physical button on the camera, brings up the home screen, and you tap your color space, you tap your shutter, you tap your frame rate, ISO, all that stuff. It's right there. Are you a fan of touchscreens? No. Typically, no. But this one's more, it's not just um, like you have to use skin or touchscreen gloves or whatever. It's like haptic. Uh, you press on the screen, and it, it registers. So that's kind of cool, yeah. But I'd rather have, I'd rather have physical buttons. I would too. It's yeah. nice to just not even like you just know mm-hmm. what you're flipping. Yeah, and if you get used to to where that placement is on the camera body, you can do it without looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the physical buttons, you have to have a, an ability to lock all the buttons so you don't accidentally hit them because that's an issue. But uh, every camera nowadays has that. I think. They have ability to lock it out so that it, when it's on your shoulder, your cheek doesn't like change the frame rate or the mm-hmm. shutter. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of Sony's menus and the the fact that you have to overexpose it, now every everything nowadays is is stellar. You can get an amazing image out of pretty much every camera on the market. Yeah. So it's it's a good time to be a filmmaker. It's really, I mean, you can rent what like an Ursa Mini or a EVA One or a C three hundred two three hundred bucks a day. Yep. And go out and shoot what could be like uh, in theaters mm-hmm. it's amazing it really Absolutely is amazing so yeah and i know all of our all of our listeners are kind of at different levels in their careers and you know maybe they're shooting on micro cinema cameras and or you know we have a lot of black magic fans don't we yep and what do you think about those i'm not a huge fan really yep which ones they, have you used i've used um the pocket cam and the ursa Mina. Ursi, Ursi Mina, Ursa Mina, <laughs> too much bourbon. Ursi Mina, uh, I, I hear good things about the Ursa Mini Pro, the new one with like all the physical buttons and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, actually, when I was out in West, when I was out in West, when I was out in LA with Wes, uh, he had one like rented from a buddy, and I got to play around with it and, and hold it, and it, it feels solid. It feels like a well-built camera, and uh, the images I see from it look stellar. Are you talking about the the really small one? It's like seven hundred bucks. No, no, no. Okay. Ursa Mini Pro, the like big dude, the newest line of the Ursa Mini. Yeah, okay. of the Ursa Mini. It's got a, tons of physical oh, buttons yeah, and like, switches. Like and, came out six months ago or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, looks nice. The four point six K sensor, like fourteen stops the dynamic range, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When the when the Ursa when the Ursa itself came out, I was really excited. I loved the. Like the dual screens and the huge, yeah, you know, screen and stuff like that. It just mm. that tickled your fancy. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Oh God!" For uh, for build? running gun stuff, sure, and like just corporate interviews and stuff, it be good. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is good." And then, yeah, I started looking at it like, "How am I going to put that on my shoulder and <laughs> flip out that seven inch LCD like two inches from my eyeballs?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to have to add on a monitor. I'm going to have to add on an EVF." Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, if it's on, sitting on a tripod and you're looking down at that flip-out screen, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Not for me, though. Yep. You wouldn't even need a client monitor. Yeah? Just Come over and look at the... Uh, <laughs> this, this Ursa Max Your neighbors has a, can see it across the street. Ursa Max is a 19-inch flip-out monitor. Yeah. So, speaking of gear, um, and since this is going to be around Christmas, is anything striking your fancy? Mm-hmm. I am really interested in that new Sony camera, the Venice. I uh, don't know if I'll ever get to see one, 
because well, I know there's there are a few rental houses in Ohio that are they're looking at it and thinking about it, but nobody's pulled the trigger yet. Um, it looks in, it looks like a you know Sony's version of an Alexa with a bigger chip and you know better functionality. So, but I dude, I still keep going back to the Alexa Mini every single shoot that I can. There's no reason for me to to veer off that path yet. Mm-hmm. I love the way it, it, it handles. I you know I love the image. Uh, no reason to change. It's so easy to use. But as far as like new gear, uh, I, I'm probably gonna buy some lights before the year's out. What kind? Quasars. Quasar Science. Dudes. So speaking of those, um, you mentioned those to Luke in our Meet the Gaffer. Yeah episode yep. and he's tried them out since then oh yeah and he's using them a lot yeah so. they're nice <laughs> they're great we i just did a, a a beauty spot with brandon uh this hair hair commercial and i used four eight sixteen twenty uh twenty five i used twenty five quasar tubes twenty no wait yeah, 20 of which were in four-bank Kino housings, mm-hmm. and then five of which were uh, single tubes as backlights. Uh, but they're fantastic. You can dim them. You can, like, turn the wheel to go from 2,000 Kelvin to 6,000 Kelvin. They're great, and they have great output. Yeah. And they look beautiful on skin. He's using them a lot for even, like, just practical Yeah, lights. in frame. Yeah. So they just have a really cool Everyone's doing look it. to them. Yeah, you can dim them way down and look right at them. They look really neat. Mm-hmm. So, so quasar tubes. Yeah, I'm probably gonna buy like four or six of them and uh, write it off as a business expense before the year's out. Because uh, I they'll they'll come in handy on especially on music videos where you know maybe we can't afford like everything we'd want. Just carry those around. Can they be battery powered? Uh, I think you can find a way to do it for sure. They don't draw a lot of power, so you could probably rig something up. I, I don't know if they, I don't think they have a battery plate, but there may be a third-party manufacturer that, that does that, or you could do it yourself. Yeah, you can always it. make something battery-powered. Yeah, but. totally. I don't think they come that way, though. Okay. Yeah, they're meant to be plugged into AC. Yeah, but they're good. So any gear you're looking to buy? Um, I'm actually... For once, not super excited about anything on the market right now. Yeah. Um, not to say there's, there's uh, like, it's just flooded with so much good stuff that, like, nothing's jumping out at me. Like, I need this piece of gear. Mm, um, like a Canon C200. <laughs> you don't want that? No. Yeah. Um, the only, like you, I think the one thing I might get, pick up soon is two of the four, just one by one LED banks. It's, oh, yeah. You know that stuff's been out for a while. It's about time I sure. have some battery powered lights. And even the long. the uh, like no name manufacturers, like the the Chinese companies and stuff like that, ha- their panels have the quality is way higher than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So they've like taken everything that, that light panels and those people have researched and developed and uh, implemented it. So you can get yeah, well like a two hundred dollar light panel, which is crazy. I don't know if I'd go two hundred. That too low. Yeah, I'm just saying they are out there. Like the 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 cheapest, cheapest. I'm using quotes. Cheapest I'd probably go is like I can. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like that. So um, the Astras. Do you use those all the time? All the time. Are they like so? I have um, the light panel, um, the mini ones that are oh like the little brick. bricks. Yeah, and I hate them. Really? 
So are they way better than those? What do you hate about it? Just the output? or the, the output's not strong. I know it was like a first generation LED sure. light. Um, the output wasn't strong. They were, I think, way too heavy for what they were. Yeah. And the power, um, the power port on them is constantly like wiggling itself loose. So I got to open them up and resolder oh, the weird. insides every time. And it's just like a poor design. Like since that light's so, <clears throat> so heavy and that port's so small and weak mm-hmm. and like if that light, like it's snagged or sure. dropped, like too much like instant repair. Yeah. I don't know, dude, I would just get a, a one by like a one foot quasar tube. They have these, these Q led or whatever it's called. They're battery powered. They last for four hours. Uh, they have magnetic back. You hit the button and it turns on and then you hit the other button and it dims like 70 or hundred percent, 75, 50, 25, 10 off like that. That sounds so usable to me. So no touch screen, just a di- like a, a button, just a button. Okay. It's got a button to go from uh, daylight to tungsten and then one to dim it and d- you dim in inc- increments. So you just push the button and it dims down, 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 off, back up. Down, 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 off. Does it make any noise when you press the button? I don't think so. Okay. It might go boing. <laughs> boing, boing, boing. All right, 50%. But it would be, it's not like a smooth dimming where you could no, have uh-uh. a nope. grip offset to it. Nope. Uh-uh. So, but they're, you know, again, the Quasar output and uh, quality, like 95 plus CRI or whatever they... Oh, but we just, yeah, we just talked about this. I'd have to rig up something to make them battery powered, though. I'm looking for something I can... No, this is battery powered. Okay. The, this, the one I'm talking about, the, they have a 6-inch and a 12-inch version, maybe a 24, are internal battery, and you just plug it, you USB charge them. Okay. So they have two different versions. They have their uh, X-Fade line and their like rainbow color-changing line, and then they have these little sticks. They're just like 6-inch, 12-inch, or 24-inch okay. stick that's internal battery. Okay. So... Yeah, one thing I like about the USB powered stuff is that um, I take a um, like a cell phone charging brick mm-hmm. and I use that just as a big external battery. These don't they don't light up uh, while you're charging them oh. to to maintain the integrity of the internal battery. So you say the batteries last for like four hours. Four hours. So if you need so more, you'd have that two, too. Yeah, yeah, two to last the day. And you think those would be a good replacement for the one by ones? No, absolutely not. They'd be good for like an eye light or like a, a kicker if you have to rig rig something. Okay. You can like screw in a little uh, baby pin and put it on a C stand out above the back of your talent. I would use them for car stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in narrative narrative work or music video work. Like put it, uh, you know, above the the flip down mirror thing. Mm-hmm. Or like underneath the steering wheel, or in a in a glove compartment, something like that. Okay, but they're cool. Just I I was talking about in reference to the brick light, the light panel oh, brick. Oh, yeah, the replacement. Yeah, it'd that. be a good replacement for that. The to replace the one by ones. Yeah, the ICANN stuff. The, people like those Westcott flex lights. Mm-hmm. Those are really bright. Do you think the the I like the idea of the flex light being ver- like more versatile yeah. than a one by one. Uh huh. Do you think they're an actual replacement for a one by one? Can I get double bang? I don't think for my they're buck? as bright. I think you'd have to get two of them to equal, uh, like an Astro or something like that. The Astros put a lot of light out, and they're rugged as hell. Like you, you can bang those things around, throw them in the back of your truck. They're great, but they're expensive. Mm-hmm. They're like eleven hundred bucks or something for an Astro. Where the Westcats are two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, whatever it is. 
for a full kit. Mm-hmm. Not so. for the not for the light the uh, flexible ones. Yeah, right. I thought the flexible ones are like six hundred bucks. Hmm. I don't know. Either way, I know they're less than a light yeah. panel Astra. And you can tape that thing to a wall if you want. Yep. You can't tape an Astra to the wall. So it depends on what I mean. I mean like shitty anything. rigs. I'm sure. They I'm might. sure somebody has done that. Yeah, totally, dude. I've I tape LED stuff to the wall all the time. Yeah, that's the benefit of it. Light mats and uh, light mat light gear has this new thing called a uh, light tile. That's literally like a four foot by one foot, four foot by two foot strip of four panels of LED lights that you can put in a frame. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Or you can just tape it to the ceiling or tape it to the wall or, you know, throw it in the bottom of the of a car to throw some uplight. Yeah. Everything's getting nuts. It is. You know? It is. If they, if they uh, were able to levitate themselves so you didn't have to use stands, <laughs> like, then well, now you, we're on to something. You do have that with those, um, those helium lights for outside oh, for night. But you have to, like, <laughs> suspend it from a, a line. You have to tie it down or else it floats away. And then um, one of our sponsors <laughs> early on in the year, the... Um, Oh, I'm going to blank on the name. Um, we did a giveaway for one of their lights this year. Hmm. They're little LED lights you can put on drones and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I remember with those. Yep. Yeah. They're getting smaller and more powerful. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. You get a little helium balloon from like the dollar store. And then <laughs> and put a single diode. Tape, like. tape, tape a, a light mat on there. Yeah, I don't think that'll work. <laughs> it's, it's a good thought, but... Uh, this is not up where balloons can lift a house. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what other things? What are you? What have you been watching? That's a question we ask, right? Um, Getting back to the formula. Well, we don't know if we're going to continue asking this question. Well, I'm asking you now. Frank. Okay. <laughs> what have you been watching? TV or movie wise? Oh, uh, I don't know. Have you been watching TVs or movies? Uh, TV so movie movies? wise, uh, I'll just run through the list real quick. Um, uh, a while ago, I saw Dark Tower when it came out. My cousin mm-hmm. was the assistant editor on that uh what do you think i enjoyed it really i enjoyed it good popcorn movie yeah i know a lot of people were pretty disappointed with the uh relationship to the books uh let's see i didn't read the books i don't care about the books <laughs> <laughs> yeah too much um, effort i saw wonder woman um was it wonderful it was pretty decent for mm-hmm. I, i'm you know, i'm not a fan of superhero movies but i think it was it wasn't over the top and they didn't throw like the feminism thing too much into your face. And mm. I enjoyed it. My yeah. wife really liked it. It's what a lot of people have been saying. It's, it's really good. Um, I saw, do you see uh, Thor Ragnarok? Sorry no. to say on superhero films. Oh God, go no. see it. It's one of the funniest superhero movies I've ever seen. That and the first guardians of the galaxy are, are amazing. I do want to see guardians of the galaxy. You still, have, what? I have not, I don't, I watch maybe like three or four movies a year. You're lagging. I actually have watched more movies this year than I've watched in the last two or three years. Wow. Research, Frank. you got to do the research. I do the the lean startup method nah. with that. Someone comes to me like, hey, can I make it, you know, I want something that looks like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, okay, and then I'll go watch you Guardians of the it. Galaxy. Uh, you have to have a reason to <laughs> reference it. No. You have to consume all media knowing that you're going to pick from it one day. See, I don't, I don't get to take just like two weeks off work and sit on my couch in a robe and, uh, and, watch, and watch movies. It'd be nice. Yeah. But you just have to do like I do and, and pencil in time for research, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, babe. I'm researching uh, stuff for my job right now. But you're just watching Inglorious Bastards for the eighth time. Well, you know, breaking it down. <laughs> I know we've, we've we've hashed on the the movie pass thing, but that's something actually I might. If yeah. I got the movie pass, I probably would just by default watch more movies than I do now. You think? And I wouldn't care. Like, I wouldn't care about like wasting money on a bad movie or whatever. I just yeah, go see it if you have time. Mm-hmm. That's that's the issue. Yeah, I, I have a few buddies that that did the movie pass, and they like it. There there's some headaches with how you have to get tickets. Like you have to be at the theater and sign in on the app and wait 30 be there 30 minutes early there's some some weirdness mm-hmm. so if they fix that and you're able to do it online and get them like two or three days ahead of time then i'll probably do it but right now i have like four streaming services like netflix amazon hulu hbo so all those if i wait two weeks they're out of the theater in in my home that is yeah. the the frustrating part of today <clears throat> yeah pretty soon it's going to be uh oh, they're going to be released at the same time on both like in theaters and on hbo yep you know it's gonna be crazy so i think they're pretty close to that yeah i don't know gone are the days of, of dvds and blu-rays though i think yeah i haven't i haven't, bought a, I haven't bought one in years like yeah. probably 10 years there's no point he's downloaded off of apple itunes or whatever and boom it's on your hard drive Anyway, yeah. well, what else? Uh, what else? Any TV you um, watching? TV wise, um, there's a Netflix series called Shot in the Dark. Yes, about the uh, cameraman. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Nightcrawler, but real. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty. Have you seen Nightcrawler? No. Uh, so my employee oh. was telling me, like, when I told him about the show, and he's like, "Oh, it sounds like Nightcrawler." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gotta go see it. He's a he's like action news cameraman freelancer. Ah, it's his like rise and fall. It's so good. You got to see it. One of his best roles, that and Prisoners, which you probably haven't seen. Prisoners, I have not. God, you are missing out. <laughs> I'm going to give you a list of stuff you need to watch over the holidays. If like, you give me a list, I will also post it. Cool. I will give online. you a list. Okay. Yep. And you over the s- holidays, like, yeah. I'm talking like a short list. Five movies a day, Frank. <laughs> Five a day. Yeah. The bourbon for each movie. Oh, man. It's good. 2018 is going to be good. I'm excited. I really am. I know that, you know, we've uh, spent the last two months trying to figure out what we're going to do with this show, but I think there's a lot of potential. I think, uh, you know, getting back into this and the, the listener involvement and getting the Slack group going again and, you know. So let's just talk for a minute. Sure. About this. Um so one of the thoughts I had uh, this whole year was maybe like, is the Slack group worth it, or do we do a Facebook group instead? Yeah, I don't know because people got to sign up for Slack and d- get the app, and, and maybe Facebook, that's they're the, just there. Maybe already. that's a question that we pose to the listeners: What would you use more? Would you do you like the exclusivity and the kind of uh, uh, I don't know? Meant uh, what's the word I'm looking for? moderator like do you like a moderated thing like like a slack group or do you want just kind of an open public oh you're facebook thinking about making it an open facebook page well i don't know about open like a, a private but i don't know like there's no sub sections like there's not like a gear for sale uh what movies bourbon cinematography there's not like sections and pages it's yeah. just an open like thread I, okay like yeah. an open floor plan 
yeah. type of yeah, yeah. thing. But there, it's still like you're you're still thinking of like a closed off group where you still have to send us yeah. an email like hey totally. or yeah. a Facebook invite like hey we want in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Keep the spammers out. I yes, that so, I think's in, uh, essential. The way the, I look at it, Slack is like three people, so three like cinematographers sitting in a room having a conversation. Whereas yep. Facebook, it's like. 500 people all of different uh uh you know expertise just yelling at each other at once yeah <laughs> i th- there's definitely pros and cons and like the the facebook group i don't i don't like that it'd be it'd be much harder to like go back and search and and keep topics organized yeah but at the same time really like if you look at the slack <clears throat> not to throw the slack group under the bus but like if you look at the slack group like a lot of people don't stick too much to those mm-hmm. categories anyway oh yeah like most of the stuff just happens in the in, in the, the green, green room. room yeah which is a great movie by the way green room Ooh. patrick stewart as a bad guy it's great um yeah i don't know so I, yeah i guess we're posing that question uh do you want to continue the slack group or shift it over to facebook we'll put a poll up on on twitter or instagram See what you guys think. We'll get a we'll get a tally going. Um, other than that, man, the other thoughts I have like this this year, I tried to like guide us through like a month, you know, like four or five episodes to like each a topic, like, a, a topic, yeah, and like that makes it pretty hard scheduling wise, especially like like these last two months. Like if we're just gone and nobody's available, sure, then it throws like all the pre planning off and like where yeah, if we just had almost like no plan. Like yeah, I mean, I think we should have some type of plan, but like that's back to nothing. Back to the start of the the program. <laughs> Brandon and I had no plan. <laughs> it just makes it like I get, we get locked into a box pretty quickly. Yeah, with, nobody wants to be locked in a box. Yeah. It's terrifying, scary. And then we can also cover like there's been there's been a lot of times where like you or Brandon or someone would suggest a guest and like hey we need to get him on the show like okay well we're not talking about any of those topics anytime soon yeah where like we. If we just didn't have that, we can just throw them on. I think we throw the plane out the window. Cool. Throw the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> intentionally. Get rid of that baby. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of just if something sounds interesting, talking about it. If a guest is is hot right now or whatever, if somebody just shot a movie or just uh, produced a commercial or just uh, they're doing some weird you know, 30-second Instagram art project, get that person on. Let's talk to them. In this way, too, also, if, if a listener, like, wants to hear about a certain topic, then we can try to go find somebody. Yeah. People, our listeners can pitch it, and it's not like, well, we can't have uh, Christopher Nolan on because we're not talking about directors this month, so sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to turn him down so many times I last know. year. He wants to be on the show. He just, he can't stand it. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. I like getting back to the basics. You know, conversation, random topics. Let's keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Speaking of not keeping it simple, sure. um, you and I talked um, about two months ago about brainstorming some ideas to get the listeners involved and also to get some of our you know previous guests and future guests sure involved and maybe like a, a year long project. Yeah, that you go on a journey, which is certainly not simple, but no, it'd be super fun. But it sounds interesting. I feel like we should just get that out in the open, right? Just kind of brainstorm and put it out there? Let's do it. Okay. So w- w- the idea we're talking about, right, mm-hmm. would be a m- music video, maybe some short form project? Yeah. It's definitely short. We're, yeah. Like either music video or short film. Or short film. The music video would be logistically 
much simpler mm-hmm. to do and demand a lot less time from everyone involved. Yeah. If you attach to good artists, you'd have, you know, immediate marketing and, you know, brand name and all that attached. But it would be basically trying to connect all these different social media uh, entertainment personalities together to create one project. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a YouTube channel or show that was dedicated to previs doing all the previs. You'd have somebody that was dedicated to music doing the score and the soundtrack. Uh, you'd have somebody that was dedicated to cinematography doing the cinematography and all those different disciplines, all from all these different podcasts and YouTube channels and whatever coming together to create one project. I think it'd be cool. I think it would be too. And then on each channel, you're breaking down your discipline and your, uh, what you, what you brought to the project. Mm Mm-hmm. So again, you're right. Not simple, very complicated, but I think could be worthwhile and something yeah. we should we should continue to go after. And it would be something that it would be beyond this podcast. <clears throat> something that you, you don't have to just listen to us in your ears. You can yeah go online and see what we're talking about. Yeah, um, and then also expose you to maybe some people you didn't know about. Exactly. I think it's a good idea. With all these uh, movies shooting in Cincinnati and all these corporate gigs, are you going to have time for that? Uh, every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. I mean, you know, with, with this job, it's, it's kind of nuts. I have to be gone for lengths at a time to do these projects, but. And here's the, here's the thing, like the music video stuff would be, that's a simpler concept. Sure. But also music video is a lot more timely because, you know, album release schedule and, Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, if you know, okay, we're shooting this song from this band and then we plan towards that, like we're kind of pigeonholing ourselves into locked into a, a schedule and yeah. a deadline whereas a short film doesn't matter if it takes two years for us to do i agree so maybe we go that route i like i like where your head's at frank yep. you know that i'm going to be gone at points yep <laughs> uh and yeah. when you're gone do you want to have um do you want to have guest episodes like Wes has hosted some. Are you still? I no, I'm that? still open, totally open to that. Yeah, if we if we have a, a small group of people that we trust and and that can add something while we can't, totally. Because yeah. I think of the listeners, like you guys, want content, right? You don't want to just have again two months of dead air. Yeah, uh, you'd rather hear somebody else, maybe that has a different take or a different area of expertise, talk than nothing at all. Mm-hmm. At least I would. You know, they, it would still hold to whatever loose format we have, and it would still be, you know, filmmakers drinking bourbon and uh, keep keep the the theme alive. Yeah, and something Brandon wanted to do yeah. too, like when he when he brought me on. It's one of the things I talked about, like, oh, we'll have a you know FDB West and South and mm-hmm. North and, and then we can Europe have, and <laughs> Europe FDB Europe. It'd be like FD Gin or whatever. Yeah, I've always liked that idea because. It would be, you know, his schedule and your schedule and my schedule would all have to line up to do an episode. And sure. Whereas, uh, you know, if we had some guest episodes pre-recorded, we can, you know, mm-hmm. it still gives the listeners some content. It's still good for everyone. We get to do yeah. the things that bring in money for us and then come together when we can record this. Totally. Yeah. And the, I mean, the benefit of taking time off of the show is that, you know, we go off and do projects and then we come back with better stories and maybe we learn something that we want to share. So if we don't, we're not actually partaking in the industry there's no point in doing the show because why would you want to hear from us yeah <laughs> that's the benefit is that we're working filmmakers and we have uh we have a viewpoint so replacement for brandon um 
I guess like right now, obviously the plan's just to keep me on for a little bit and then yep. we'll, we'll look for somebody better than me. Totally. To, and until, until that person presents themselves, we'll, we'll have you, we'll have rotating guests, we'll have, you know, whatever, whatever feels right. If that makes sense. Yep. We need to find the right fit and someone who's going to stick around a while. It's, it's a, it's hard to replace Brandon. I don't, I don't think we actually could do it if we tried. So there's no point in trying. We'll find somebody that comes to us and, you know, it's just like, oh, God, yeah, I could do, like I told you, the next person that comes along, we're like, yeah, I could do 100 episodes with that guy yep. or girl even. Yeah. You know, then we're like, all right, let's let's get him on the show. But we're not going to just replace replace Brandon with somebody that's going to be here for, you know, four yeah. or five episodes. That, that is one of the still. reasons. That's one of the reasons it did take us two two months to get this. Yeah. episode out and to let you guys know that Brandon was leaving because we were rushing to try to fill that those shoes mm-hmm. and we just figured it's better better not to do that yeah they're big shoes can't yep. fill them he's a, he's a tall man we're gonna wait another three weeks mm-hmm. to release the next episode here and so because we want to hear some feedback from you guys about where you want this podcast to go because ultimately it's not really our show it's no. your show we're the only reason we are here and do this is for you guys. So if there are specific things you want to hear or things you don't want to hear, voice those concerns via, you know, Instagram, via the website. If we start a Facebook page via the Facebook page or send, send me or Frank a, a, a direct page. email. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the group, the oh, Facebook yeah. group, yeah. uh, or yeah, again, probably the easier way is just send Frank or me a direct email and say, dude, never talk about this again. Or, Hey, you should probably talk about this. And, and please, like if you, if you, even if you agree with a direction we're thinking about going, let us know that too, because otherwise we're just going to hear from one person who's like, yo, this is terrible. And he yeah. might be the only person who has that. Exactly. Yeah. We want to kind of start taking a tally, uh, see what you guys think, kind of refine it. Um, or if you don't want to refine, if you're like, dude, just get in there just talk about whatever. It doesn't matter. Yep. So at, at FDB podcast, uh-huh. uh, email FDB podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yep. And then, then our individual emails are up on the website, I think. So they might be, it should be that, the website needs to be addressed. That's going to get an overhaul. Yeah. Everything, basically everything in the new year is going to get an overhaul, uh, a whole new direction, obviously with, uh, our beloved Brandon, uh, Hit, hitting the highway on another journey. We'll probably hear from him a few times, maybe. Yeah, I might let him back on, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's lots of good stuff to come. Lots of change, uh, but in a good way, I hope. Yeah. I really do. I'm excited for 2018. Me More well. so than last year. Good. Because last year was not 2018. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank, always a good time. I guess listeners just chime in and uh, let us know what you think, and we'll we'll uh, continue on this journey together. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, happy holidays, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, enjoy it, uh, and tune back in. Yeah, All right. have fun. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at gwynsound.com.